Welcome to another episode of the Crocker Report Podcast. Of course, it's your guy, Damian Parson, here with Jonathan Hagler and Eugene Holt. Happy Saturday to you, fellas. How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. We good. We finally got 80 degrees here in Philly, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, nah, we had a tornado warning Thursday night. I was actually on a fantasy uh, dynasty podcast with my guy Charles, and I'm literally sitting kind of in the same same spot I'm in now, and like I'm near close to the window. So like mm-hmm. I'm just like recording and everything, and I, like I told my wife, I was like, I really don't even know how I didn't break character because I'm while I'm recording, like I just see these lights like popping outside, and it's basically lightning. And I was just like, I kept looking at the the window, but I never broke stride because I'm a true professional. So, um, professional. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, like guys, you already know what it is. You know that we are back for our third installment of Cluster Busters. Uh, you guys have shown us a lot of love so far. We thank you for that with the QBs and the running backs. Let's keep it going to. The other most polarizing position in, in, in NFL football, the wide receivers, right? The divas, the money makers, um, you know what I mean? Those guys that everyone loves to love and loves to hate half the time. Uh, so we're going to talk about our top 10, basically, uh, top five, top 10. Uh, just kind of rank those guys out. Let's break up this cluster. We know at the top there's no true consensus, number one. Uh, similar to the running back, uh, running back episode that we have um, on – I think it was Monday. So, Hag, I'm going to start with you, man. Who is your number one receiver right now uh, in this class? For me, it hasn't changed much um, at the top, at least. Um, my number one receiver is Jalen Waddle, a.k.a. Dub, a.k.a. Lightning in a Bottle, a.k.a. before he got hurt, the best receiver on Alabama. Um, <laughs> but – you know, Jalen Waddle, he he's just he's so explosive. Like we get we get these cats that pop up every year, right? Speed guys, speed demons. But they don't all play like Waddle. You know, Waddle's a guy, he actually is a good route runner. It's something that he's worked on the last couple of years. He plays as fast as his 40 dictates. Like uh, you know what I mean? It says like some guys run low four threes, even four twos, you know, depending on who you ask. But they don't play like it. Jalen Waddle plays like it. And you can ask any DB that he torched. You can ask Georgia. You can ask Auburn. You can ask Missouri. All these players have NFL DBs, and they all got toasted by Jalen Waddle for 100-plus, you know, averaging over 20-something to catch. Um, and for me, Jalen Waddle, he plays so much bigger than his size in 5'10", 185, right? He, he goes up. He, he makes – consistently makes catches through contact, um, jump balls, like the, the game against Auburn. He showcased everything, right? If you want to watch what type of player Jalen Waddle can be in the NFL, go watch the Auburn game in 2019, right? Tua's out. It's, you know, Mac Vick is at quarterback. And, you know, it's a tough loss. But everybody who didn't know who Jalen Waddle was before that, they got introduced to him. Kick returns, contested catches, taking slants to the house, cutting across field. And he did that against the SEC defense. And all those things, that's what makes Jalen Waddle my number one receiver. You know, it may change for some other people, but for me, that terrifies me as a former defensive player. I know he can be, and I hope that Miami takes him at six because him and Tua, you know, with all those other guys on that team would be a problem. Absolutely, absolutely. What you say, Eugene? Um, yeah, I got Jalen Waddle too. Um, it's it's not just that he his speed is dynamic. It's he's fast everywhere it's not like straight up and down speed he's fast in and out of his breaks he's fast going laterally he's fast walking to the sideline it's (laughs) and it's not only that it's his routes his Mm -hmm. routes is clean this uh against missouri 2020 he takes he's he's lined up in a slot missouri's is is in cover three man he takes two steps off the snap the cornerback is deathly afraid of him getting over the top. He's already mm-hmm. opening. He's in full stride trying to defend the nine route. On the third step, Jalen Wild just turns around, catches a nice little hitch route. I mean, he, he he's very dynamic in his routes. Um, he's he's got another one in 2019 against Ole Miss. I'm sorry, 2020 against Ole Miss. Uh, again, lined up in a slot. He takes an inside release. The corner is already breaking all the way down the field because he's afraid of getting beat over the top. And Jalen Waddle just, you know, slams on the brakes and <laughs> cuts it into an end breaker. Jalen Waddle is catching the ball on his end breaker. The cornerback is still running towards the end zone. Terrified. Yeah, because he's terrified. And I, 
and you and you look at that and you say that translates to the NFL because he's still going to be able to run by guys in the NFL. He's still going to be able to command that safety to keep his eyes. He's going to need two sets of eyes on him at all times. That changes what you do on defense. It changes what you do on offense because even if he's not catching the ball, he's still a decoy. He's still a threat to that defense. So I look at Jalen Waddle and he he presents so much danger to a defense. I think more so than any other receiver in this class. So that's just that's why I have him uh, at, at my number one. So you know, you guys know how I feel, uh, Jalen Waddle. That's my favorite receiver in this class, right? Um, I, I'm going with Devonta Smith at one, Smitty, Slim Reaper. Uh, some people call him Thin Reaper, whatever your nickname for him <laughs> is. Um, I think it was, uh, was Jalen Waddle or someone called him the, just a smooth criminal. Everything he does looks effortless, right? You know, and, you know, to me, the reason why he's in my number one, because he is the most polished. Like I said in my article, which you can find at crockreport.com, uh, my top 10 uh, receivers, I had I have Devonta Smith at one right now. I still the one thing I haven't done yet. I've watched Devonta Smith's tape for 2020 for the most part. I watched Jalen Waddle live. I haven't like seen like go back and watch the All 22, which is something that's really mm-hmm. big in my uh, in, in, when it comes to scouting and my report. So I, I'm gonna go back and do that for sure. But just you know, watching him this year. When Jalen Waddle went down, we saw teams try to bracket him. You got an inside, a, a linebacker inside, corner playing underneath trail, and you got safety over the top, and he still beats that coverage. And it's, that's hard to do in the NFL, nonetheless, in college when you're the main guy. And like I said, everything he does is so smooth. It's so easy. In our very first podcast, when we went live stream a couple months ago, what my definition of him was running water. It's hard mm-hmm. to contain. You know what I mean? It's so fluid. It's so smooth, but yet it's so quick and decisive. It's hard to contain if you do not handle it correctly. So, uh, Jay, um, you know, Devonta Smith is, is my number one because he is a complete receiver. I know a lot of people you know, wonder by the wonder by the size, and I get that he may not be the prototypical X. Which, when you look at Alabama the past two seasons, he's been their X receiver the past two years. But if you want to say, okay, he's not going to be an X in the NFL, that's fine. I get that the size limitation is cool. He could be my movement Z, uh, where I got, where he's lined up on the on, as the Z receiver. I move him all over the place, ends in the slot, some nasty split numbers split. However, I see fit, I move him around, get him in those advantageous type of scenarios and situations and I mean he has the technique down as well you know you don't see people wonder okay what well, people the one thing people say when it comes on his speed is or his size is well in the NFL he's gonna get jammed well I asked Israel Mukwama who's six foot four 200 plus pounds and his word was that's easier said than done you know he's so quick yeah. at the line and then when you watch him on tape it's not just being quick and having good feet um, you know, proper release package. He uses his hands. He he, mm-hmm. he is very advanced because I because that was the one knock I had on him in 2019 was his release package was kind of limited. He didn't you know have a lot in his bag. It was like one. Now move. he does. Yeah, it was one move. And, and mm-hmm. when he when you did when the DB does shoot did he shoot his hands in 2019? He just kind of duck ducked under it. Now he's sw- he's swimming past it. He's fighting through it and he's getting and he's stacking you. So that's my number one receiver is Devonta Smith, Slim Reaper. Man, he like I said, he does everything. Can go up and climb the ladder. Ask Byron Stingley, he'll tell you. Um, he, he can stack you. Ask Byron Stingley, he'll tell you. Um, you know, uh, like I said, in the red zone, he's a, he's a threat there as well. So it, he can do literally everything you really need. Uh, the only thing you really can say is, okay, he's he's skinny. Okay, cool. Yeah. When I'm sitting there watching Justin Jefferson's tape, I see a very similar route package. I see a lot of different things that are just like, you know what? This is very. Well, even this guys like Chad weird. Johnson, like Chad yep. Johnson talks about it. Like when you, when he talks, he, he said he played at 180. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not a, it's not a worry because like you see it, you see like he is physical. He's a willing blocker. He fights through contact. Like he plays against these physical big DBs all the time. It's not an issue. Like if we saw him getting pushed off routes all the time, or we didn't see him being as savvy as he is, you know, it would be an issue, but it's not, you know, Devontae Smith has a complete game. And I think that's the, that's the thing that people miss a lot when they watch him, because it's easy to sit there and say, he played at 170. Well, how, how did he play with 170? Was he a strong 170? And um, I think uh, I, I saw, was it you, Eugene, who, who took the quote from uh, Jalen Waddle? Um, I, I saw one of you guys tweet it. 
Um, it was from Missouri's coaches. It was like uh, you oh, could argue yeah. Mac Jones was the best quarterback in college football. You can argue Najee Harris was the best running back in college football. You argue about Landon Dickerson, Leatherwood, right? He said the number one focus, he said, was to make sure Jalen Waddle didn't get the ball in order to right. keep it away from the, the electric receiver and, as always, try to contain the run. The Missouri coach made it a point to make Alabama's second receiver beat the Tigers. I was like, hey, look, guys, Jalen Waddle is what makes them go, all right? So we get to double Jalen and let Devontae Smith beat us, okay? He's kind of a nice piece out there, but, man, we got to take Jalen Waddle away. Absolutely. I saw that. Yeah, it was me. I think I retweeted that. Yeah. Imagine, imagine a coach – and that was my biggest thing. Like, when I look at it, Jalen Waddle will rip your soul out, mm-hmm. right? Devontae Smith is going to beat you with a 1,000 cuts. Yeah. So yeah. – like definitely so and, and that's that's a really great description of it like you said Jalen Wallace that 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 Ginsu is just like one slice and it's over mm-hmm. for him it's like he's already sliced you in half 90 it's like, yards well, like that's it you know but you know with, with Devonta Smith it is going to be death by 90 cuts and, and you're going to feel every single one of those cuts like you know you're going to feel every one of them so uh for me you know we're going to jump to number two y'all already know right like I said this is just my initial ranking because I still got mm-hmm. a lot of film to watch. Because the one thing I want to do is watch Jalen Waddle that first four or five games. I know what the stats look like. I already saw that. I saw it live. Yeah. But I want to see it on tape uh, just so I can really take it all in. Um, but he is my number two right now. And I, like I put in my article, he is the most feared receiver in college football, bar none. The quote that you just uh, read, Hag, it, it, it sums it up perfectly. Jalen Waddle plays at a speed like when we talk about it all the time you mentioned it earlier guys at these four days are running four 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 three and even some two depending on who's having the clock and you're looking at it like whoa like he he ran that time like i didn't see that on tape. <laughs> like, like okay okay cool cool if jalen waller ran the, the 40 and he busts a four two five or something like that you're not gonna question that you're not because you see it on tape the vertical and hag talked about you know uh well not uh, yeah actually you and eric uh, Croc talked about when we first started this. Can you can you on the outside in the NFL? Can you be a consistent vertical threat? And people mm-hmm. question because uh, someone actually said that they believe. And I saw I've seen people with the take before that they believe Jalen Wall is a slot. I said he's not. Like he can't yeah. play slot, but he's not a, a traditional slot. No, a, a slot is Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore, which we'll talk about later. Um, but. He, he can move. He another movement Z type of player. Uh, he can line up out wide. He can line up wherever you want and still hurt you, and especially vertically, especially if you don't get your hands on him. So, and, and Eugene, Eugene talked about his routes. It's crazy because for a guy that you know, you know how fast he is. Like that, like we, we, Utah talked about it a while back, it speeds up your clock. I'm watching DBs literally like turn and run two steps into his vertical stem. They're like, yep, yeah. nope, not going to get on top of me right now. And all Jalen Waddle's like, he pulls a Brandon Cooks, and he just mm-hmm. stops on a dime. Like, okay, I'll take this 10-yard, this 10-yard um, or his five-yard out route, uh, not out route, but a uh, curl route. Now, can you stop me from exploding past you and turn mm-hmm. this five-yard into 55 yards? And yeah. a lot of times it didn't happen. Like, it's just what it was. <laughs> a lot of times, they don't know, he ran, he ran right by the guys. And it's just – even going back, I remember the one play, I think – I can't remember if it was Tyson Campbell or the other corner from Georgia in the Georgia game, left sideline, that he was in a Tyson slot. Campbell. Tyson Campbell. And the, the, the physicality in his route running has improved. The, mm-hmm. the way he runs his route, he doesn't run his route strictly off of speed. He plays through that contact. He fights through that contact. He uses his hands more. And – that's one of the biggest things. So it's like, for me, I look at it from the aspect of he is truly, and I mean truly, a weapon. And he's, he's my number two at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think, I think that's, that's fair. I think when you're talking about, especially Waddle and Smith, like you're picking what type of guy you want, right? Uh, what type of, you know, what type of fit is he going to be? Um, my number two is Smitty. I mean, I, I, was, I don't feel like you can go wrong with, with it's 1A and 1B or it's 1Who and, and who you know, whatever. Yeah. But Smitty, like, I don't even think about the weight thing because, like, I, I've covered, you know, slider receivers and I'm, I was a bigger DB. And, like, some of those guys play strong. Like I, just, like I just mentioned a minute ago, you know, Smitty, he can stop on a dime. Like, he kills people on comebacks. He kills people on slants. Like, he's been, you know, even when they had Ruggs and Judy and, and all these guys at Bama – they were talking about how he was the best best guy against press. He was the best guy um, off the line. And, and you can see it, you know, early in games, you know, his freshman year, his sophomore year, and they put it all together his junior year. And then this year, um, 
but Smitty, he's a complete package. I mean, if he if he weighed 15 pounds more, you know, it wouldn't even be a conversation. You know, just because people it makes people feel better, and he's an outlier. <laughs> but um, Devontae Smith is my number two. He doesn't have a ton of holes in his game. He does everything that you like. You know, you hear good things about him off the field. He, uh, he's a hard worker. He's super athletic. Track guy in high school. He attacks the ball. He toasted. Your best, your favorite DB, your cousin's favorite DB, your sister's favorite DB, whether it be Derek Stingley, who's going to be a top 10 pick next year, Eric Stoke this year, Mr. 425, whether it be Tyson Campbell, 4-3 guy. And then we hear about him and Patrick Sertain, who arguably is the cornerback one in their battles at practice every day. You know what I'm saying? So if somebody has him at one, I'm not even going to argue it. You know what I mean? Because he's battle-tested. Yeah. He, he has everything you want. And you just can't, you can't lose with Smitty. He's going to be fine where, wherever he lands. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got I got Smith as well, my number two as well. It's, he does everything well. He's he's the most he, – I think he's one of the most complete receivers in this class. The only knock on him is the weight, which really isn't that big of a deal. Like, oh, oh, he can't beat uh, press coverage. All right, well, don't put him in press coverage. Put him at Z. Put him in the slot. Now they can't press him. It's, and he, he goes up and gets the ball like he's six foot five, 220. He, he, he runs after the catch. Like he's six foot five, two twenty. I mean, you've mm-hmm. seen him take the hits and get right back up. Nope. It's it's. I don't. I don't think the uh, the weight thing is an issue. And plus, the mentality of the player. He he been hearing all this time like you're too small to play. He's gonna come out with a chip on his shoulder that's 170 pounds, and he's gonna show everybody why he he's the he's one of the best receivers in this class. I mean, it's it's it, you put you put him at your movement Z. He's going to catch you 10 balls for 100 yards a game. That's what he does. He runs his routes. He's a natural separator. You're going to send him on whatever route you want to send him on. He's going to separate. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to give you run after the catch. I mean, I think he, he's I mean, just a complete prospect. You just get him in your system, get him in your offense, and let him go eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got, you got to know how to use your players, and we talk about that all the time, you know, if you really do have the concerns as a coach, like, man, can he hold up against press? Okay, cool. I mean, like you said, back him off the line. You could do different things to get him away from press if you don't, if you worry about that. But if you pop on the tape and you know what you're looking at, you really shouldn't worry about it because he has the technique. Because number three on my list, well, I'll get to it. I'm going to let Hag go first. Uh, who's number three on your list? Uh, number three for me, I'm going to go with the most polarizing receiver in the draft. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, young guy, um, one year really that we, we saw him really ball out and he dominated college football, you know, that, that all-time record set in offense, you know, whatnot. But, um, you know, he has a running back type build. He's probably going to come in right at six foot, probably about 209, 205 pounds, somewhere, you know, well-built guy. Um, I think he's going to test off the charts, you know, the pro days in three days. I think he's probably going to run mid four fours, low four fours, especially at a pro day setting. Um, I think he's going to jump out of the gym. You know, he's a high school, you know, his accomplished jumper and all that. So he may, he may hit 38, 39, 40 on the bird and he's going to kill the broad jump and show off all those things. Right. Well, the biggest question is about Chase is can he get out press? Cause even going back to high school, like guys consistently got their hands on him, but he's such a bully. He he's like, okay, cool. Like he kind of welcomes it. Um, and then we see these brief instances of like elite, you know, route running, and then it like disappears for three games. And we're like, okay, now what type of guy is Jamar Chase? And I'm banking on the fact that he didn't play this year. We didn't get to see him, but I feel like he's been working on. We saw some practice clips, you know, some of him and Stingley battling, which is fair. We get to see him going against the top cornerback in the, the class underneath him. Um, but then we also saw like, a little bit more suddenness in some of those routes, right? In some of those. Mm-hmm. And we see the juices, the stuff that we want to see. And I just think that he's a better athlete. And the things that he does well, like attack the ball, the physicality, those things, I feel like those are things that he does better than the guys below him on the list. And that's why he's at three for me. Because I don't feel like he does any one thing better than Waddle or, you know, or, or, or Smitty. But I feel like his strengths are better than whether it be Bateman, Amon Ra, um, Elijah Moore. Like, I feel like those things are better than those people, those athletes. And he's a little bit bigger. Uh, so that's why Chase is number three for me. Um, good receiver, a lot more room to grow um, and grow in his game and develop, which is what I'm banking on. And that's why he's three for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, I got, I got a uh, Jamar Chase at three. Um, his strengths are, I mean, he's your typical X receiver, 
Um, he he wins with physicality. He wins uh, at contested catches. Uh, his 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 ball tracking, his timing on his jumps is also excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, what you want to see from him is more uh, route savvy. You want to see him more detailed in the way that he's running his routes. He's, I mean, the way he's winning now, he's he's choosing violence. He's choosing to win <laughs> by putting his hands on people, and that's the only way I'm going to win. Um, he's got – it was Alabama 2019. It, he had a guy, he's got a rep against Patrick Sertain. And he, uh, Patrick Sertain did there in man coverage. He's fighting Patrick Sertain throughout, throughout the route. In the middle of the play, he stops his route in the middle of the stem just to fight Patrick Sertain and then get his separation. And by that time, the play was over. I'm like, that's that's where we want you to use your footwork, use your quick. We know you have it. We've seen it. We've seen mm-hmm. the footwork. We've seen the quickness. We've seen he's got speed. We've seen he got run after the catchability. We want to. I want to see him use that more so than just standing there and having them boxing match. Because at yeah. at the next level, you don't have time for all that. It's a lot of plays. Uh, Joe Burrow made time for Jamar Chase to get open, and at the next level, you don't have that. So, so and and you got to remember. Back then, you you watching a nineteen year old kid, so yeah, he, it's tremendous, maybe. tremendous upside there. He just has to get to it. But for right now, I just got him as my number three because just because he hasn't reached the full potential of what he can be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you guys make a ton of great points, and that he is my number three as well. For everything you guys have already stated, uh, like I said, for me watching him. And it wasn't just a one-off instance in 2019. I saw almost every game when whenever he was face with press at least three or four times where the DBs beat his chest up. And, you know, he got touched. And it's like, okay, it works when you're going against a corner that you can bully. Like you said, he's been doing this since high school, right? And that's what my, my issue with projecting is right now, thinking that he's going to walk in and just be a dominant receiver in the NFL. These are professional athletes. If you have the same worry about – if you have that worry about, okay, can Devonta Smith beat press coverage and you watch him beat press coverage and you watch Jamar Chase not beat press coverage, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't really make sense. Like, make, make it make sense for me, guys. But um, yeah. I, like I said, he's, he's a tremendous athlete. You see, his, like you said, his ball tracking ability down the field is so good. Like, it's not just tracking the ball over his shoulders, but tracking it, having the body control to stop mid-route, attack the ball at his highest points. He plays with an alpha mindset. But, again, this is the technique that you have to clean up. Because against a Jalen Ramsey, uh, a, a Stephon Gilmore, a Tredavious White, Marshawn Lattimore, not yeah. only are they going to beat your, ch- your chest up, they're going to contain you through the whole entire route. All that pushing and shoving isn't going to do anything with them because they're so technically sound, so much longer and stronger as athletes where they're going to be in your hip pocket in phrase. And that was one of the things I wrote down. When watching Jamar Chase, DBs were constantly in phase. Jalen Waddle yeah. wasn't the case. Devonta Smith wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. But against Jamar Chase, because of how he chooses to win, they stayed in phase with him. So it's like, okay. Create that separation. Create that separation at the top of your route. And some of his best routes, like you said, heck, he has good route running. But mm-hmm. when I saw it, a lot of his best routes came against zone coverage, against off coverage. Yeah. So it's like you can manipulate the off defender. Manipulate the guy that's trying to sit in your hip pocket the whole stem. Mm-hmm. Manipulate him. If you, are, if you can consistently – if you play with more urgency and suddenness at the snap, which is an issue with me. It's like, he just kind of lackadaisical with, with his, uh, yeah, real relaxed. Like, okay, I'm, I'm Jamar Chase. I'm strong. I can do this. And it was like, that's cool. But again, you about to go to the NFL, big bro. Like you got to go out there and do your thing. So, um, mm-hmm. like I said, the, the, the framework is there for him. It's just all about putting it all together. You got the, you have the outline of the puzzle. Now there's a few pieces that you can't find that you knew you saw, okay, let me put these in Let me put these in the right spot. So now I have the full picture of a prospect that I am. And that's the main thing for me. I think into the, coming into the NFL, I, I would love to see a team use him more so in the slot, similar to CeeDee Lamb, let him get acclimated with the type of coverages, with the way that the NFL uh, plays, uh, you know, from man coverage and the level of physicality because I just don't see him being that dominant X out the gate. Move him around, yeah. get him used to it. But he's a he's a he's an extremely talented prospect. There's only three tier one receivers only to, in, in this class. I know a lot of people love Rashad Bateman. We're gonna talk about him later. Yeah. There's only three tier ones. That's Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no doubt. 
So let's go ahead and get number four. Uh, Eugene, I'm going to flip it around, Eugene. Who is your number four receiver? I got Rashad Bateman as uh, number four. Um, if he were if he were more of the – he's not the athlete that the uh, other three guys we mentioned are. If he was, then, you know, we have another tier one receiver. But his 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 routes – I mean, you go back to his 2019 tape. He didn't, it's not a whole lot you can see in 2020. But you go back to his 2019 tape, you show the uh, what a tremendous route runner he is, how strong he is at the catch point, the run after the catch ability that he has. Um, he's he's just he's one of those receivers that you know he's going to be a volume catcher for you at the next level. He's going to um, you know he's going to run his routes. Maybe you can run his routes out of the slot. You can put him at the X as well because he can beat press coverage with his hands and with his feet. Um, he. Uh, he has good enough speed. I don't know. He ran a four three nine. I it's not four three nine on his tape, um, but it's still a, it's a good time for him. It's good, good to put on the resume. But he still has good enough speed to get down the field. Um, he's going to make his contested catches. He's going to he's going to separate with his skill. Kind of like I I watched him and I saw like it's like uh, he went to the Keenan Allen school of route running. He's got he sets you up with his fakes. He sets you up. Uh, with uh, quick movements in and out of his breaks. Um, I think he's just, he's just going to be a natural separator at the, at the next level. Uh, and he's going to need like a, yeah, a accurate rhythm based quarterback. Cause he's going to get open on time. And if that's the case, if he's in an offense like that, he's going to, you know, he's just going to pump out numbers and yards consistently. All right. Yeah. We'll see you. I like that one. Um, so mine, it, like I, I'm torn between these two, um, between Bateman and Marshall, because I feel like we haven't seen Terrence Marshall get fully unleashed. We got to see it for a brief moment this year, but it was it was with average QB play and on a bad LSU team. He dominated. Like, don't get me wrong. Like Terrence Marshall dominated. He's six three, two hundred some pounds, and he has these flashes, you know. And I feel like it's a it may be an LSU thing, but like they both. They both are kind of relaxed, lackadaisical at times, and they don't seem like they have a ton of urgency. But then they just produce. And it's weird because I like Terrence Marshall a lot, and that's why he's not my number four receiver. I feel like you can play him inside and out. He has good size, good length. He makes all the highlight plays that you want. He has plays of him, you know, turning it on and outrunning people. He has plays him uh, moving around, catching consistently catching balls throughout contact, Not, not when – guys are draped all over him because he can't separate. I have him at four because when he is faced with contact, whether it's the back of the end zone or, you know, coming across the middle, he makes it look easy. You know, when, when those those catches through contact, they're easy for him. And I feel like he has – he possibly has the highest upside of any receiver in this class because you see quick feet at times. You see quick hands at times. And, like, that stuff is – that's what makes good good NFL receivers. Now, if he turns it on on the next level, I feel like he could easily be the most productive guy. But for now, you know, the brief instance that we saw him this year, um, the combination of size, the combination of contested catches, the combination of like we we see the the, the route running ability. That's why Terrence Marshall is number four for me because I feel like we he's just now scratching the surface. I feel like he's a guy, you know, on March thirty first, he could potentially, you know, Jamar Chase is. He can help himself out a lot if he if he goes out there and blows people out the water. But if Terrence Marshall goes out there and runs, you know, mid four fours, low four fours, and shows off the athletic profile, I feel like Terrence Marshall is a guy who's going to rise a lot more than a guy like Rashad Bateman because we see what we see on his game highlight type, highlight real type player, good frame, you know. But I feel like Terrence Marshall's length. He's a little bit longer than, than Rashad Bateman. I feel like that's why I have him ahead of him. Just the combination of ability, um, versatility. And limited, you know, I feel like he I feel like he's just now scratching the surface of it. I like that. I like that breakdown a lot. He is on my list. He's not at number five or number four for me. Um mm-hmm. before I do also still have Rashad Bateman, similar to Eugene. Uh I, I love him as a technician. Uh just his route running, short area quickness. He, he has the length, like you're talking about uh Terrence Marshall's, of course, you look at his frame, he's he's a little bit more rocked up than than Bateman yeah. is Bateman. Is quicker in and out of breaks, quicker in and out of cuts. Knows how to drop his weight and sits down. Um, he's more of, to me, he's more of an intermediate, short to intermediate type of receiver as well. Uh, he, he has 
I'm not going to say he can't be a number one in the right offense, um, similar to Keenan Allen, especially mm-hmm. you put him in the slot and give him that two-way go. He can work as your number one. It all depends on what type of offense you're running and where your point man, your number one receiver hat is uh, stylistically in your offense. Some people want their number one to be the X. Some offenses, the number one is the slot, depending on who your receiver is. So okay. he can still be a number one. And a lot of people, I, I want people to understand that. I, I really like his game, man. You know, great hands. Like, he has some – ridiculous one hand catches his eye hand his eye hand coordination is ridiculous and it's just like i think i don't know if it was michigan 2019 uh he's lined up on as the x on the left side beats press stacks the receiver the pass is terrible and he literally just reaches out with like a couple fingertips and just like odin beckham's it in like mid stride and like pulls and i'm like he does that more than one time so you see the, the you see the the catch radius the strong hands the ability to separate and then uh underneath the intermediate like i said everybody isn't going to be a four 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 three guy and that does it's fine you can still be a number one receiver and not be the fastest receiver in the draft i need people to understand that that when you look at the guys in front of him that's the part that he lacks is that elite explosion that elite burst and getaway speed Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day we all know it we've seen uh was it um i can't remember which playoff run it was it was a Super Bowl playoff run. Stephon Gilmore versus Keenan Allen when the Chargers came into Foxborough. Gil, uh, Gil, for some reason, Bill decided to have Gilmore like seven yards off the ball on this play. And uh, Allen hit him with a, uh, a double move, a sluggo, and beat mm-hmm. him for a long touchdown. He shut him down the rest of that game. So it's like sometimes if you don't have that explosiveness, like we saw with, against DK Metcalf this, year, uh, this season in 2020, DK – physicality, speed, explosion, he ended up beating Gilmore for a long one. So it's yeah. like, you know, at certain times, you're going to face a matchup where route running isn't, isn't going to cut it. you got to have some, that, that, that burst, that explosion. But right now, Rashad Bateman is my number four, but I love Terrence Marshall and everything you said about him, Hag. Um, let's go to you, Hag. Who's number five? Five. I mean, I feel like we, we have the, the same top five for the most part. Um, and this one for – what I was looking at, right? Uh, there's three guys for me who are in contention for five, and I'll just say them, you know, right now since we're, we're doing our top five guys. Um, I had uh, Mon Ra, St. Brown in that conversation. I had your guy, Elijah Moore, in that conversation after, you know, getting measurables and things like that back. And then I have Rashad Bateman. And they're all three different receivers. I feel like Amon Ra and Rashad Bateman are a lot more similar. Um and especially once their their measurements come back, I think um, Rashad Bateman's not going to be as big as you know people people thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Rashad Bateman. I think and I was talking to Eugene about it before. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he landed with the right quarterback and he ended up being he ended up being the the nuke of this class, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out there and he becomes the next DeAndre Hopkins because you see the highlight the highlight grabs, you see the physicality, you see the little nuances in his breaks, and he he does a great job of dropping his, his center of gravity and just and making it hard for DBs, right? So you put him with a really good quarterback, which I don't think he had at college. You know, no no knock on you know was it, was it Purdy? Uh, Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan, my bad. So I get those two mixed up, yeah. but um. You, you get a combination of, you know, not the best quarterback play in the world. And imagine putting him with an, a, with a good receiver. I mean, good another good receiver and a solid quarterback. He's going to eat because he's going to pick on your number two and number three corner and just because of the little nuances in his game. Like, I don't feel like he has a ton of holes. If any, it's the fact that he's not the fastest guy in the world. I don't think he's slow, but I think he can be a good pro. You know yeah. what I mean? Strong hands, good build. You know, and I like Rashad Bateman a lot. Like I like him a lot, but I just think he does those things better than Amon Ra and uh and totally different receiver than Elijah Moore. But for the value, I'm gonna go with Bateman because I feel like he can have the most success on the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. Eugene, what say you, brother? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, mine is uh yeah, our lists are very similar. Um I, I I I look at I like I like Elijah Moore a lot. I think he's gonna be a dynamic slot receiver. Um I even like I even like Nico Collins. I wish he had yep. played this year. He he's I mean he's a stud, and I yep. and I like I like I'm on ride too. I think they're all going to have success at the next level. Um, what I, I put ter- uh, Terrace Marshall as my five, um, just for it's so much untapped potential there. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till he gets to the next level and gets in a in a good offense because he is. I mean, you see, at 2019 they played him at Z, 
and he's basically used as a field stretcher. Uh, twenty twenty, yep. they, they moved him around. Now he's running routes out of the slot. He runs ran from the X. He ran from the Z. They moved him around a lot, and he has so much uh, success everywhere. And yeah, and you see the uh, the skill in his routes. You see the you see glimpses of that quickness at the top of his route stem, and you see it at his release. And I'm like, wait, he can do this on a on a regular basis. Yep, but it's just that, yeah, and 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 it's just that everything around him wasn't up to par. So mm-hmm. I can't wait till he gets into a better offense because I think he's going to be a very very good player at the next level. Oh no, yeah. Another Terrace Marshall reference, but you did reference my guy, Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. and um, for me that's my number. He's not my number five. Uh, you know, I, I we talked about it during summer scouting, Eugene. When I first saw him, it was like maybe spring uh, after the season um, in 2019, and I just like well, was watching some tape on Ole Miss. And I was like, who is who is this kid? And I was like, mm-hmm. man, like he's he's literally making a ton of plays like everywhere. So I started watching. And I'm like, yep, so he's from South Florida. So I was like, man, like, this kid's nice. So I kept watching him, and then I built up kind of that hype train. I'm like, listen, like, this is, this is one of my guys coming into the season, and he goes bonkers, like, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they use him all over the place. He's so versatile. He's one of those, those chess pieces that you just have fun with as an offensive coordinator. When you look at your, 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 your roster of offensive weapons and you see Elijah Moore, you know that you could do a lot of different things. Well, and there's times that Ole Miss lined him up in the backfield beside mm-hmm. shotgun and ran outside. He actually worked out some at, at Pro Day, you know, just really? some running back stuff. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. It, I mean, which they did the same thing with uh, Amari Rogers, Amari and Rogers. because they had that skill set. So, mm-hmm. which I can, I mean, Kadarius Tony does very similar things as well. But it's just like you watch him, the quickness in and out of breaks. I think he ran like a six six three six point six three flying. Like yeah. his change of direction is insane. And it's just so fluid. It's like no wasted motion. He's explosive, electric. You put him in the slot. You put him um, in bunch, nasty split, whatever. And then off coverage, I'm watching him against off coverage, and it's just like, this is unfair. Like, DB's sitting seven yards off, flat-footed, and he eats the cushion so quickly. And I think he may, along with Jalen Waddle, they use their ability to get vertical so well to win double moves. It's 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 just it's different because he uses mm-hmm. and he he's a route salesman as well. You watch him on a lot of his double moves. He's like two to three yard, two to three steps into his stem, and he's on a sluggo or out and up. His entire body shifts. He turns his squares his shoulder to the sideline, looks and peeks at the quarterback. And it's those subtle nuances that you look for with route running that he has already in his bag. And you see the off defender like oh he's he's breaking in and they jump it. And now he he and it's like literally no wasted motion oh, from yeah, the flip. It is it's terrifying. And then he has I think he only has like I which I put in my article only two drops on like hundred and one targets. Like yeah. sure hands. He plays Consistent. bigger than his frame. He mm-hmm. you know you see him he he doesn't mind going even in the middle of the field. There's there's reps where he's going up and attacking the ball at the highest point. A lot of people a lot of people were kind of shocked with his forty time the unofficial forty time. I was like I'm not like I, I know yeah. like, he's explosive like he, he covers legit. so much ground. He, he has that that low body twitch and he's just like mm-hmm. it's a snap of a finger. So like that he he is my number five guy. Like I said, I think. <sighs> Everybody, when they hear the last name more, people think about Rondale, and I get it. But for me, I like the more when, when I look at athleticism, yeah. Ronda Moore is a better, He's a better athlete, receiver. But Elijah Moore is, like you said, is the better receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So let's go ahead and get number six. Oh, wait, who's my number six? Let me go ahead and look at that real quick because I forgot. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, who, who's your number six, Hag? Number six for me is. You know, uh, I struggle with him, um, but I, I'm going to go Amon Ra. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say this. I like Elijah more, more uh, than I do Amon Ra, but I feel like the, the physicality that uh, Amon Ra brings to the game, I feel like he's able to help an offense a little bit more. So say if you don't have a, uh, a OC who's going to try to get, you know, Elijah more the ball, I feel like a quarterback can just find Amon Ra. Like he's going to find ways to get open. He's going to be physical and make those contested catches. Um, that's why he's number six for me. You know, thicker frame. I don't think his ceiling is that high. Like I don't see him improving much um, 
you know, maybe his route running improves some. Um, but I feel like he creates separation. He does all the little the good the things that good receivers do well. And I feel like he's not going to get worse at him. Like I saw people talking about the Golden Tate comparison, which is fair. Uh, I think their games are very similar. Um, I feel like if uh, a team like the Chiefs or somebody were to, were to grab, you know, Amon Ra, like it'd be very good. They, they're looking for another weapon. He's going to be consistent. He can he can make those tough catches. Um, but that's why Amon Ra is my number six receiver over a guy like Moore, who I like. I like more. Um, I love more, but um, I just feel like Amon Ra is going to be able to help an offense out sooner, depending on you know if you have a young QB or not. Eugene, we'll see you, man. Um, yeah, I, I put uh, <clears throat> I put Elijah Moore as uh, my six, uh, just for the uh, just for the dynamic ability. I like I like how he is down the field. I think that's an underrated part of his game. He he can be a, a threat down the field, and based off of that, he's going to get so many touches underneath. He's going to he's going to kill it in the slot. And the thing about it, you see the theme. Of, of of pretty much of all our, our lists, all, we are we're naming all the natural wide receivers. Is I mean, you see, it's 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 some more popular names that we haven't mentioned yet mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. they're more specialists than 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 natural wide receivers. We're we're I think the guys that the NFL is going to value are the guys that can come in right away and have the skills to play that the wide receiver position, not, not just, you know, a gadget, a jet screen guy, jet sweep guy, orbit motion guy, the natural wide receiver that you could put in on a down in and down out basis. And I think Elijah Moore falls right into that, into that category. Cause I mean, I would guess like right off the bat, you're going to put him in the slot and you're going to have him run his routes at, at, at the slot. You're going to get the ball in his hands early and let him do his damage with the ball in his hands. And then, you can use him as a vertical slot as well. You can send him on, on the seam route straight up there, straight run, have him run directly at the safety and then make his break at the safety. And then that's going to be six points. So, yeah, I like the explosiveness of Elijah Moore at the, at the next level. So I got him as my uh, number six. I like it. I like it. So for me, we talked about, you know, the Moore pairing, you know, and I have Rondell Moore at number six. I think just the, dyna- like you said, dynamic in space, like literally, and I put that in my article, one of the best athletes in college football, at, no matter the position, right? One of the most explosive athletes. I think he jumped 40 plus and ran four, what's oh, yeah. it, four, two, nine or something crazy like that. Like he, he's freak athlete, right? And he has a strong, sturdy frame. Uh, I nearly dropped, I'm not gonna lie, once I did my list and I was looking at it, I was just too committed, but I nearly dropped him down because of the, the durability concerns because he has had some injuries pop up, which you know, his freshman year, he went bonkers, right? He had a mm-hmm. phenomenal year. We haven't seen, what, anything close to that since. So, well, he you know, he's been on the field. yeah, he has been on the field. So it's like, that is a concern for me. It's like, okay, can he hold up at the next level? Can he stay healthy? But when you look at it, like he, and, and again, I mean, he is more of a gadgety guy. You know, people ask mm-hmm. me my comp form. I said, if he reaches the potential and, and adds all the, you know, requisite skill set uh talents to his to his two belt he could be a steve smith type of guy run you know mm-hmm. strong ran after the catch i think he'd probably be a better athlete than steve smith was you know coming into the league but um and of course steve smith had everything and he needed to win on the outside i don't see that with rondell right now he has to add a lot more to his to his oh, yeah. game to be a, a consistent outside receiver like Steve Smith was. Didn't matter who the cornerback was, except for like maybe Darrell Revis, and he's one of the top cornerbacks in NFL history. So mm-hmm. that kind of speaks to the level of what Steve Smith was. He cooked everybody for the most part. So I look at Rondell Moore. I mean, he, he's a good route runner. He's not, you know, he's not on the level of a natural separator. I would say as the guys we've listed, Elijah Moore, um, you know, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and even Jamar Chase to an extent, I think, um, you know, he, he's close, but he's not there. Even the range, especially with Rashad Bateman. So at the tech, from a technician standpoint, I want to see him get better there. But he's just literally a home run threat anywhere he touches the football. And I think, again, he made his, his production very, very well, maybe, dependent on where he lands and what kind of offensive coordinator he has. If they're stuck in their ways and like, hey, you're going to you know, pigeonhole in and uh, it's gonna be, it might be a mm-hmm. you know a, a, a long... his career can be Tavon Oscarness. Exactly. I, think, I, exactly, I think that's what's gonna happen with him. Oh, uh, 
What? Because like, he he's a complete outlier, right? Uh, yeah. He's he's five seven. Mm. You know, like Steve Smith, like those guys, are like at least they're five nine, five nine, you know? five ten, somewhere so, in there. You know. Like I love, I love like the the excitingness of his game, but he's like legit five seven. Like you, there's not many of those. Like what, what do you have? A uh, Andrew Hawkins, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. There's only a couple, and there's a role for guys like that. It's just hard to project that to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, especially a lot of people. I've seen some people thinking he's like a you know legitimate tier one receiver. Could be he can't. I don't see him being a number one receiver. Like I like no. you said, the, the the limitations in terms of height. And not, not only just that, but when you have those, when your height limits it from a height aspect, I need to have, I need you to have some of those technique issues mm-hmm. completely down packed to project you to be a number one receiver. Like I so said, I think he's more of a movement guy. You, you find ways to get him in space, manufactured touches, screen, bubble screen, tunnel screens, orbit motion, uh, the, the, you know, kind of using like Debo a little bit with the jet motion yep. and jet sweeps. You want to just get him the ball in space, but he's so dynamic. And I was like, man, you know, I really, I love what he brings to an offense. Um, now I'm be honest with you. I've done some more tape study since then. Don't expect him to be this high in my next ranking, but you know, this is where we are at this moment. Yeah. I mean, with him, like if a coach doesn't have a specific Rondell Moore portion of his playbook, then he's not mm-hmm. going to make it. You have he's to waste a pick. Yeah. You basically going, you have to manufacture your uh, plays for him to, in order to get him the ball. That's the only way that you're going to get the right type of production out of him. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a great point, and that's something that I, we want to kind of want listeners and, and fans to understand. When it comes down to the draft, man, if you if you're drafting the player, no matter if it's a quarterback, offensive, no matter what position, if you're drafting without a plan on how to use that player, you've already yeah. failed. That's already a wasted pick because you need to know. Okay, before I draft this player, what can I do with him? What I what will I do with him? You know, what I wouldn't even try to do with him. You need to have a plan. And I, unfortunately, we've seen too many times guys get drafted to a team that clearly doesn't have a plan for them, and yep. they fail. So, it, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. It's just nature of the beast, I guess. Uh, so we're at, we're at number seven. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start this one off, man. I'm, I'm going to go Kadarius Toney. Um, like I said, I got, I got a couple guys underneath him that – We'll probably higher than him next time or go around. But, I, you know, I really love what he brings, especially in the slot, because he is, to me, a true slot receiver. Um, so, you know, we talked about it in, in Nausea Man times. His herky-jerky route running, he's such a violent stepper, physical route runner. He knows how to create separation. Um, his, his, his limbs look a little weird sometimes. Like, I'm just like, man, like – you know, I think he's going to hurt himself, dude. Like, I'm just like, what is happening? But he does such a, a great job when it pertains to um, – when it pertains just to, to, to running his routes at his stems. And he, he it's, a lot, it's, it's not a lot of wasted motion. You know what I'm saying? We see him run the option routes, you know, the pivots. He does it so well. He's so quick in short air, so quick in tight quarters where he can spin and, and flip his hips and twist his body to manipulate defenders. It's really crazy how how fluid he is in that regard. So, like, he is my number seven right now. I, like I said, I think there's going to be some speed limitations. I think he is another Debo Samuel type of guy who will cook you in a slot. You can move him around, give him those, those carries as well. Um, I don't see him being – how to put this? I don't see him being that – Vertical threat, I th- you know, if, if you think he's going to run a 4-4-4-3, four, 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 you're mistaken and you're going to, you know, you're not going to like what's going to happen because of it. But, you know, he's more of a 4-5 guy. But I think in the right – especially in the right offense, man, where he doesn't have to come in, he's not – understand he's not a number one receiver, but he's a piece to your he, – he's a key to the cog. He's a piece to the machine. And if you use him in that regard, if you got – you know, you look at uh, teams that have speed receivers on the outside and a talented tight end, you throw him into your slot and it's like, man, he can really work the intermediate game. He could be that, that reliable outlet. I could see – honestly, in terms of opportunities, like say we look at a – from a fantasy football aspect, I can see him, Eugene. I can see him being a um, legitimately ninety to one hundred target guy in the specific in a right offense as that point man from the slot. When you have a, a, a legit tight end or a nice tight end to work the seams and and, and um, the vertical up the seams as well as outside receivers, a good X and, and uh, um, a good X and Z receiver, um, I think he could really work in that role as well. So, uh, what, what say you, Eugene? What do you think about him? But what's your number seven, rather? 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with Tony. Um, I think he, he you need uh, uh another outside threat in order for him to make his to make his money uh in in the middle of the field. But um, yeah, he's just you know that violent change of direction guy. But um, for my number seven, I got Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, in comparing him to Kadarius Tony, I think Amon Ross is a more polished uh receiver. Um, I think I think he's uh I think he's a better route runner as well. Uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to uh, look a whole lot better in the in the NFL offense because at USC you saw a lot of him uh, just speed out, speed out, speed out, and then he hit somebody with a double move, and Keaton Slovis is looking somewhere else. It's he wasn't in the most uh, he wasn't in an offense that that was catered to some of his skills because I think he has more down the field ability. Even though he ran a four five one, I think he has more down the field ability than what he's shown in college. Um, mm-hmm. He does have some uh, run after the catch ability. He's strong at the catch point. That's what that's what really um, stood out to me. He's very strong at the catch point. Catches the ball with his hands. Doesn't let it get get into his body a whole lot. Um, he has that short area quickness, that short area burst in order to create uh, the natural separation needed. I think he can uh, immediately projects to the slot. I think he can make his way outside on certain snaps and be able to and uh, prove himself to be a down the field threat as well. But at yeah, at this point, I got uh, Amon Ra as what number seven. Okay, uh, Hag had to Hag had to run. You had to take care of something. So we're gonna keep yeah. this train rolling. At number eight, I have you guys. Um, you talked about it earlier, Terrace Marshall, and I feel I feel bad about it because I feel like he should be higher. And I was literally when I was finishing up my my uh, finish up my rankings the other week. And I looked at where I had him. I was like, I literally moved him up into the top five. I nearly cl- like was about to. And I was like, no, I'm going to stick with my guns right now because I still need to watch his tape. Um, there's some things route running-wise I want to see uh, from him because I've heard some, some takes about him on Twitter and from other analysts and everything like that when it comes down to his route running. But he has a he, – he, to me, projects as a potential number one receiver in the league, um, number two – or number two. I don't see him as anything less than that. Uh, but big physical frame. Well, you know, what I love about his catch radius. And, and he stepped into that, that number one role with Jamar Chase opting out. And he, he performed. Eugene, he performed at, at, at the highest point. Um, yeah. you, they put him at out wide, he put, and he produced. They put him in the slot. He was cooking. It didn't really matter. He has a legit um, catch radius where he can go up and tack the ball. And then you look at it, consecutive seasons of, zero, of, of, of double-digit touchdowns, and he, so he has a nose for the end zone as well. Like he, and like I said, he's versatile. I, I don't have a – you know, to me, he's scheme transcendent. You don't have to – Say okay, I'm, I just ha- he can only play the slot. Like we talk about Kadarius Tony and Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore, you can move him around a little bit more. You don't have to be as creative with him. You can kind of let him go cook and let him go win his his reps. Um, so when I like I said when I look at him, I see a guy that could become a number one. Like I said, my next ranking, he's definitely going to be higher once I really pop on his 2020 tape uh, and, and get a chance to truly study in the next couple of days. But um, but yeah, I got Terrence Marshall at eight. Nice, nice. Uh, for me at eight. I got uh let's see I did a mom right at at seven at seven at eight honestly I gotta put my guy Dwayne Eskridge I mean I like uh, he uh at the Senior Bowl they, they couldn't cover him they couldn't cover him at the Senior Bowl and then when you pop on the tape he's one of those guys no with no wasted motion he his uh his cuts are violent he he gets right upfield he fights through physicality um he can get over the top of you he can stack. You can pull him in, put him at the slot. You can put him out in the Z because he's got 4-3 speed to get over the top of the defense. Um, I think he's going to be – I mean, I think he's going to be really good at the next level. He's, he's another one of those guys where get you on a timing, rhythm-based offense. He's going to hit his mark. He's going to get open when he's supposed to get open. The ball's going to be there. He can catch it in stride. And he's got some serious run after the catchability as well. Um, so he's one of – I think he's one of the more underrated players right now. But um, I got him in my – I got him at uh, number eight. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, number nine, number nine. Let's see here. I actually have Amon Ross St. Brown at number nine. Um, like I said, he's, da- he's due to move up as well because these, these rankings are subject to change, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he's, I got him at nine. You know, like I said, he, I didn't even – I think it's the official 40 time came out to be 4-5-9, which was a little disappointing for me. Uh, but that was something I wonder – I worried about was does he have the explosive speed, speed to win – vertically consistently down the field is he going to be is he going to be someone that is slated or 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 
thrown into the slot all the time and things like that. I, those are things I think about and worry about when it came down to him. But like I say, he, he ran one of the more complete route trees in, in, in the college football. He produced in a multitude of ways, whether it was in the slot, out wide, in bunch, uh, nasty split. It didn't really matter. Put them, they lined him into the backfield and, and threw routes to him out of the backfield. He was a guy that showed off so much versatility as well. So it's like he won in, multi, in a multitude of ways. Strong hands, uh, can go up and get the football. He plays with a with a just a, a aggressive mindset. He blocks. He he's just an ultimate and ultra competitor as well. Um, the you know NFL's in his bloodline. His brother plays for the Packers. Equinemia St. Brown. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the main thing for me is just can he separate downfield against NFL man-to-man coverage that is something I, I do worry about so i think it could limit his potential but um so i have him at nine right now okay cool cool yeah for me at nine um i have uh i have diami brown mm. he, uh, yeah i mean you just uh like right off the bat he's your field stretcher we know he can get down the field so he, that creates space for your offense um, he's developing as a route runner as well. Because when you got that speed down the field, then I think your in-breakers and your comeback routes, that should that should be, be even more easier. Because you should be able to sell vertical. Like, you should really be able to sell vertical to your corners to have them open their gates. And then that opens up the in-breakers for you. So I think he's he's working on that. And he's good. Uh, he tracks the ball well uh, downfield. It, there's some serious upside to him becoming uh, more of a volume receiver, but right off the bat, he's a field stretcher that you can use to clear out space in your offense and he can get you uh, those big chunk plays. So I got a, and he's got decent size too. He's over six foot, close to 200 pounds. So it, there's no, it's not a serious worry about his frame or anything like that. So I got him as my number nine. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I, I like Deami. I like Deami. Legit big play threat, consistent big play threat, uh, big time. And I'm, I, I'm going to round it up with number 10. Our guy from Michigan, Nico Collins, man, you know, he, he has – like, and you, I think you, just, you discussed him in your uh, X receiver article. Um, big, physical, fast, explosive, um, can jump out the gym and go get the football at the highest point. And, and, and I love what he did. Like I said, I'm not – Talked about in my piece. I love what he did with trimming down for the senior bowl, going from two, what, two, almost 230 to 215. And you, you could see the quickness. You could see how more uh, he, he was quicker in and out of his breaks. He just looked more fluid. And yet he was still physical and strong um, to, to fight through coverage as well and fight for the ball at the highest point. He is a tip, he is your prototypical X receiver. And like, I just, I just love the fact that he was able to produce, and he didn't have the great, greatest quarterback. You know, um, the quarterback play was underwhelming at best. Um, like I said, there are some things that he can get better at. His release points, um, continue to work to be able to sell, sell his routes at uh, better at the next level going forward. And, and we will see how how his training and everything takes a, takes a. Um, what makes an impact with that? But going into the next level, I would love to see him get with a team that needs that legit. Uh, field stretcher, that consistent deep threat at the X receiver position. I think Nico Collins is one of the better receivers in this class. Yep. Yeah, I got the same. I got Nico Collins at 10. Like, I like I like the fact that he's at the 215. He looks a lot better. He looked a whole lot better at the senior bowl at that 215. I hope he stays there because you saw a different level of quickness there. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and translating to the next level, the uh, slant route, fade route, he's got you beat right, right, right from the door. Cause that's what he does. He can shield his, he can shield the defender off with his big body, catch the slant route and get you some yards at, at uh, after the catch. And uh, when you're around the red zone, just toss him up a fade route. He's going to go get it. He's one of those guys, you put the ball in the air. He's just going to go up and get it. Um, you see him make the catch with guys draped all over him. He's got that type of play strength to where he can hold, keep somebody at bay and still make a play on the football. Um, he's a, he, if he, if he had played this, this season, he'd probably be way higher on this list. I think he's he's got a ton of upside. So yeah, he's uh, he's 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 my ten as well. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, better offense, better uh, QB play. If he played this season, um, all of that would I, I really think he would have uh, shown, you know, his abilities. You know, especially during uh during the COVID streak season, would been you know 
lights would have been on because we didn't think we were going to have a football season. So anytime college football was on, eyes were on, the, were glued to the TV. And I would have just, like I said, I would have just loved to see him play this year. Um, and, and, I mean, him against Sean Wade, him against Greg Newsom. Like, it, it would have been, been fun. It would have been fun, man, in, in the Big Ten. Uh, just to see him against some of those corners, just see him play all together, especially if he play at 215. Would have loved to see how more explosive and quicker he would have been game to game at that playing weight um, to just kind of project him even more. But I think he's a prototypical X and he may be drafted, I think, you know, day two, um, you know, no late. I, I could see him in the third, fourth round, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just and just for the fact that it's so deep at wide receiver that he's going to fall. I mean, I could see. I, that really, this whole list, it's not crazy to say that this whole list could be going after day two. Oh, because definitely. These guys, I mean, all of these guys are so good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to some somebody's going to pick a wide receiver, then it's going to be a big run at wide receiver. A whole whole lot of teams are just going to be picking up these guys. But I mean, even even the guys that we didn't mention, we we left off so many guys that's 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 really good, and that's going to be available after day two. So, yes, it's really a deep class. Absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, uh, that is our top ten. I think Haggle's like top six or seven for him since he had to go early. But that is our top ten uh, receivers right now. Cluster Buster series kind of broke up the club. And, then, and the thing about it was we had a lot of the same names. It just was a different order because with these rankings is also preference as well um, and projections. We said my list isn't fully, uh, you know, it's not finished. Um, this has been set in stone yet. It won't be until the week of the draft. That's when I'll put out my final top five, top 10 rankings, depending on positions and, and go from there. Uh, but Eugene, you know, mm-hmm. like we will be back. Uh, I can't remember. I know we're doing cornerbacks soon. So I think cornerbacks is either yeah. DB. I think it's going to be corners and safeties next or corners. Either one. We got to just figure that part out uh, over the weekend. But guys, thank you so much. Please. If you have Apple, whatever, uh, especially Apple Podcast listeners, go to Apple Podcast. Leave us a five star review. Drop your if you want us to go through your mock draft and talk about that. You have some questions. Drop those things in the comments, and then, and once they're approved by uh, by Apple and we see them, we will bring them up on the next show, uh, next available show. So please, you know, we thank you for all the support. Continue to support us. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Croc Report podcast. I'm Damian Parson. That is Eugene Holt and John Hagner has already left. So y'all have a good evening. All right, y'all.